It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. It's 7.07 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves alongside Ashley Frasca. We're here to answer your garden questions at 404-872-0750. And this morning, you've probably noticed in the last month or two, Ashley and I have been playing around with the format for the show. So we have some more ideas. We want to toss out some ideas about how to run the show and how we'll be running in the future. And so stay tuned for that. We'll do it around the first of the 8 o'clock hour. Is that right, Ashley? Yes. So around 8 o'clock, listen in. We'll give you some ideas about what the show will look like in the coming months. Let's see. Joe is in Loganville. Joe, join us on Lawn and Garden, please, sir. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, happy Joe. New Year. You, hey, too. you too. And a belated happy birthday to Miss Ashley. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> you missed it, thank Joe. you so much. It lasted all a... month, if if you ask me. But <laughs> well, yeah, it should, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, I just had a quick question about pruning. I was taking my lights down and looked at a forsythia, and it's just got branches going every which way. Yeah. And I know some of the other things. See, we won't discuss uh, crepe myrtles because we kind no, of no. beat that to death. But right. <laughs> things like uh, Rosa Sharon, Forsythias, I just kind of generally, any branches that rub against each other, I take those out. And you got any other pointers, perhaps? Yeah, I do. And one of them is the, the triple D. The first thing you do when you're pruning any shrub, no matter Forsythia, Azalea, Excuse Bless me. you. Well, I, you've I, never I, sneezed on the I know, air before. My dump That's here? never happened. That <laughs> so anyway, the DDD, the disease um, crossing, and what's the other disease damage and crossing DDC. Anyway, you take out disease damage and crossing limbs first. Dead. Dead. DDD. There's the other one. Dead and crossing. Disease damage and dead. Yes. Disease damage and dead. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's why Ashley is here. <laughs> Disease, damage, and dead. That's what you take out first. After that, Joe, you have to know whether the plant blooms on new wood or old wood. And that is key on a forsythia because a forsythia blooms on old wood, meaning last year. All the buds, buds that are going to make flowers are on it right now. And so if you want the forsythia to look nice, don't prune it now or prune it sparingly so you still have a lot of untouched limbs. And it'll bloom for you very nicely in February and March. So does that answer your question about the forsythia, sort of? Yes, good point. I didn't know it was on old wood. Yeah. If you look at the um, stems, you can see the green buds there are sort of swollen up. And sometimes, even early as this, is first of January, really, you see the tip of the bud will have a little bit of yellow on it, mm -hmm. which is a yellow forsythia flower that yeah. will open up again when it gets warm in, in March, usually. And if you want to do something fun, Joe, you can take the forsythia stems, cut several of them that are about yeah, two feet long, maybe, and take a hammer and mash down the, the cut end of it. Just mash it good with a hammer so it would take water up pretty readily. Put them into a vase inside the house. And if it's warm, it will up, it'll take water up through that mashed base of the stem. And the flowers will all open up within about seven days. So you have all these forsythia flowers in your house Don't blooming eat. in mid to late January. Same, same thing for... Um Tulip magnolia, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, same deal. On, same deal. Blooms on old wood. Okay. Old, old wood. Uh, azaleas, old wood. Um, yep. Most uh, um, roses, old wood. No, no, I'm wrong about roses. The um, 
What am I thinking about? Laurel Pedlam, old word. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's a good refresher. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for calling. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. We've got to think about old wood and new wood. That's a, take, that's a term that a lot of gardeners don't know, but old wood means you blooms on the buds that were made last year. Hydrangeas. That's another good example of all the, not all the, but most of the mop head hydrangeas, mm-hmm. the ball type hydrangeas bloom on old wood. Well, I mean, it's amazing. You you have almost a small window, if you think about it, within the span of, of 12 months of a year, you sometimes have a small window to prune flowering mm-hmm. shrubs or flowering plants like that. Because that's why you want to prune right after something's done blooming. Because yeah. just within the next few months, it's already setting buds for the next year. Yeah, so exactly right. if you get to it too late, you're just going to miss out. It's not going to permanently damage to the the plant, but you'll miss a year of, of blooms on yeah, something that yeah. you really look forward to seeing every year. One of those rules of thumb, usually you can prune something right after it flowers and you won't get in trouble. But if you wait for two or three months, it's already you set can buds. get in trouble yep. easily. They could have the flower buds already on there. And when you prune, you cut them off. Um, for hydrangeas, though, you know, there are different kinds of hydrangeas. There's the the flowering hydrangeas, grandma hydrangeas, I call them, that have the balls of red, pink, blue. And then you have the white hydrangeas, like the um, Annabelle is a good example. Annabelle blooms on new wood, so you can prune an Annabelle all the way to the ground pretty much. It'll still bloom in the spring because it blooms on new growth that happens that spring. Uh, panicle hydrangeas can bloom on either or, yeah. new and old, so typically better to prune them after they bloom and then you'll be safe. Uh, what other hyd- oak leaf hydrangeas don't usually need to be pruned, but they bloom on old woods. So they look better, better wild, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. But oak leaf hydrangeas, best time to prune them would be after they bloom as well. So all these shrubs, if you know what they bloom on, where the buds are, old wood or new wood, old stems or new stems made, then they can tell you when and how to prune them sometimes. It's interesting thing to know. Pruning, for me, is one of the most educational things you can do in a garden. It really forces you to get down in the plant and really take a careful yeah. look at it and kind of observe what's going on. And it, you can tell when you have pruned something the next year, you go and look and you say, oh, I remember that. I was thinking about which one to cut, and I cut here, and that's why all this growth is on this side or why the funny. growth headed that direction. And you can direct the growth of a plant by pruning, which... Mm-hmm. People who do bonsai know very well, but that's how you, or why, I guess, you sometimes prune things the way you do is to direct growth in the direction that would be useful and not a direction that will slap you in the face every time you walk down the sidewalk. Well, and a good example, too, is you don't want to prune something to where you're going to, you know, uh, the growth is going to be indicative of going inwards yeah. of the plant, then it's going to get too crossed and too, exactly. you know, no sunlight right. will be able to go through right. and all roses, of that. Like so you want to prompt it to grow the, out. The uh, knockout roses, when you prune them, prune just above a bud that's pointing outwards because you don't want the buds or the branches to cross inside. That's to diminish the flowers you get. It's not good for the plant. So prune above a bud that, forces, that grows outwards. That's how you do it. Mike is in Jackson, Georgia, and Mike joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mike, good morning. Hey, hi, great show. Love Thanks, your sir. show. How can we do, what can we do for you, Mike? Well, we have this, I believe it's a gardenia in our yard, and it's it's maybe about eight foot tall or so, way overgrown. Yeah. And But it has, um, so like a week or so ago, there was the, like these little blooms coming off them, they were red. And yeah. so I picked one of them to see what the heck it was, and, and I kind of smushed it with my finger, and it has like a like a red, like a strawberry jam type <laughs> inside it, and little seeds like hot pepper seeds. Yeah, right. What is that? Seed pod. <laughs> oh. 
Oh, okay. Seed pie. Yeah, it's really, really interesting to see it because you don't notice those very often. They don't make seed pies very often, but that is exactly what it is. The gardenias have seeds sometimes. They get pollinated sometimes, and that's what it looks like. Nice and red. It's attractive, really. If you had a lot of them, it would be very attractive. So is there a way I could, you know, do something with those to plant oh, that yes. later? Yes, sir, Bobcat. There sure is. What you can do is take it off and open it up with your fingers so you get all the red jammy stuff out of it and let the seeds dry for a little while. I don't think that gardenia seeds need to be stratified. They don't need the three months of chilly, moist conditions in your refrigerator or anything. I think you just save the seeds, keep it a dry place until spring, and put them in the warm soil in April or May. And they may germinate by June 1st to mid part of June, I guess, and see little bitty sprouts by the end of uh, August. Wow, excellent. Okay, well, great. I'm going to go take those off and... um and uh, spread them around the yard, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> I know there was a... Mike Durr, the horticulturist from the University of Georgia, for a while was experimenting with gardenias that had lots or more of the seed pods on them because he said they are so attractive. I don't know if he ever introduced a gardenia that had the seed pods as part of its you know, attractiveness to this consumer, but I know he was playing with it for a while. So if you see a gardenia that has lots of these red seed pods on it, that is what's going on. Somebody has... Red one that makes lots of seed pods. Oh, very good. All right, excellent. Okay, hey, thank you so much. It's a pleasure talking to you, Mike. 404 is our number. Every flowering plant can have a seed pod if it's a perfect flowered plant. In other words, if there's a male part and a female part in the same flower and you have viable seed and viable, or viable pollen and viable ovules, then you can uh, get a seed from it. And I saw a bunch of... Uh, Amaryllis, uh, who was this? Uh, oh, Lisa, over at my neighbor Lisa's house yesterday. Her amaryllis had bloomed, mm-hmm. and inside the amaryllis flower, there's these big white or big yellow, I guess, pollen-bearing bo- parts. That's the male part. And then the white thing right in the middle is sort of sticky, and that's the female part. And if you get a little pollen from the yellow part over to the white sticky part, you'll have amaryllis seeds. And you can plant amaryllis and have an amaryllis blooming for you in a couple of years. Wow. The seed becomes a bulb? The seed will become a bulb. Huh. Yeah, it really will. The seed will germinate, and you get this little tiny grass-like leaf that will come up. And within yeah, three months or so, the seed will start swelling, and you'll get a bulb at the end of the grass-like leaf. Wow. Yeah. And then over a couple of years, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger bulb, and then finally it's ready to flower. Cool. The, the chain of life, the circle of life, that's how it works. 717 at News Talk WSB, 717 at 95.5 WSB. We'll be back after this. It's Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on 95.5 WSB. The news and traffic teams will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get to work on time and informed. Now back to Walter Reeves and his lawn and garden expertise on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. Welcome back to the Lawn and Garden Show here at 722, looking at about 55 degrees outside right now. That's not too far from today's predicted high. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing, a high of 57, lows in the mid-30s, maybe a 40% chance of showers, but that's going to clear out throughout the day. It'll become a little more windy, and then tomorrow, no chance of rain. It's going to be sunny, a high of around 53, and lows hovering right about freezing, 32 degrees. So you want to, Yeah, you want to stick with 95.5 WSB over the week. And kind of see if that dips down any further. The complete five-day forecast coming up with meteorologist Brad Nitz in less than 10 minutes. All right. Good deal. 
Let's go to Douglasville. Art is in Douglasville. Joins us. Hey, Art. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, uh, first, um, uh, I, I apologize for maybe not knowing the correct name of the plant. I only know what the landscaper called it when oh, he man. sold it to me. It, and it's um, he called it a Stonewall Jackson. So if I if you look it up, if I looked it up online, it definitely it does show pictures of it. But my, my question is, I have actually have two questions. But this is my first one. Well. It, it just seems, man, this warm weather, you know, I've already seen a few trees already flowering, and it just seems like it's a, it's a stone's throw from, no pun intended, from, from, <laughs> from start to flowering. And well, what, what can I do? Because I'm so nervous, because obviously, you know, tonight's going to be another cold night. And, you know, I, I mean, I just, is there any prevention? Or, and if you talked about it, I've, I've just turned on, so I've. Oh, no, you're fine. In the last hour, we didn't have any calls like this. So, yeah, based on what we found, Stonewall Jackson is a type of rhododendron from the rhododendron family. Does it have big, bright orange flowers? Oh, my God, it's a beautiful flower. Yeah, it looked really pretty. So, uh, an azalea, more or less, from the rhododendron family. So, your fear is losing it to any early frosts, right? Yeah, exactly, yes. I, I think mean, the buds, the buds, the buds look like the size of a, of a, um, you know, of a couple of a, of a, of a popcorn seed right now. You know, it looks like, you know, there's, they're getting ready to pop out. What I think generally is if you plant an azalea or a rhododendron, both of them are pretty, pretty acclimatized to growing in Georgia. And you just have to let them do what they're going to do. If you wanted to cover it, I guess, Art, you could. And if you want to protect a plant, any plant, from freezing, the easiest way to cover it is use a big cardboard box or a bed sheet or something like that. You cover it on all sides, all the way to the ground. Don't just wrap the top of the plant up, but all sides, on all, uh, all the way down to the ground, and anchor it down with rocks or logs or something like that. And that holds some of the earth's heat and keeps the plant from freezing completely. So if you're really worried about it, that's what I would do. Get a bed sheet that covers it over and anchor it down. All right, and my uh, second question, if I have time, it's, it's basically I have two Christmas cactuses, and they're, you know, one was given to me from my mother, it's got at least 40 years on it, and the other one's an offspring of that with about 20 years. It just seems like this year, it actually seems like last year, too, they're both in westerly windows. It seems like, it just seems like this year, last year and this year, the, 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 the bloom time is a lot shorter, and it's not blooming on the full plant. And it's the first time I've, in the past two years I've seen this happen. I was wondering... If there's a fertilizer or if there's uh, maybe a soil change or if there's something I need to do on it. And they both are 20-plus years old. Did it get enough sunlight? Did you have them outside for a good part of the summertime? I never put them outside oh. in the summertime. No, never at all. That would definitely help when, when you rotate them outside for those really good maybe three or four months of really nice warm weather. Have them in bright shade, not full sun, mind you. But if you've got an area kind of up against the house on the back deck or something like that where they can be in bright shade, I think that'll help a lot. That sunshine will help a lot. And, and that heat, that, that heat, that Georgia, because, you know, they're both they're both from, they were in, I don't know, as they knew it, they're both in New York, and I brought them down <laughs> south, you know, and I was... As long as it's not in bright sunshine, you'll be fine. Yeah, bright, bright shade, shade is good, and, and there's yeah, definitely a difference. No direct sunlight. But, yeah, even though those, you know, Georgia summers get up to 90-plus degrees, it's going to be okay. And obviously check the water, you know, check the soil with it throughout the summer. But, you know, if you, if you have fear of maybe one hot, really scorching day, bring it inside. But I think that'll really help the bloom cycle for next year, making sure that it gets out this coming summer. 
All right. Well, hey, guys, you have a, a great show, and I appreciate that. appreciate you letting me call in. Thank you. You bet. All right. Thanks for calling. That Stonewall Jackson. Ooh, that Isaiah looked great. Big, huge orange hey, blooms. Wow, yeah. Beautiful. And he said the landscaper just called it Stonewall Jackson. Uh-huh. I've not seen one like that. I want to go to the nursery and see if they know what a Stonewall Jackson is. That'd be some fun. Thank you, Google. By the way, teasing once again, you probably noticed that Ashley and I are changing the format of the show somewhat in the last month or so. And so we're going to have some more ideas about how we're going to run the show in the future. We'll do that around the first of the 8 o'clock hour. So tune in for that. We'll have some ideas about what the show will look like for the next couple of months. It's 727. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Fresca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. Welcome back. 735. We're getting into the second half of Lawn and Garden here on 95.5 WSB. Ashley Frasca, you hear me in traffic Monday through Friday. I get up early six days a week, but I love it. So I'm here on Saturdays with Walter Reeves, have been for years, and we're doing the Lawn and Garden show. Exactly. Thank you for letting me be a part of it all this this time. It's great. And now that we've sort of changed things around so that you can be a part of it. Boy, is it more, more more fun to have you in here because you ask me questions and make me really stay on my toes. Be sure I'm right. Be Can't sure come right. in sleepy on a Saturday now. No, not with you. <laughs> Golly. I used to do that all the time. I'd come in sleepy and give the first you know first hour or so questions just sort of. And now you really make me stand up and say, this is why we do it. This is why we do it. Who's on the line? Peg is in Tucker. Hey, Peg, good morning. Hi, Walter. How Hi, are you? We're great, Peg. How can we help? Uh, I was cutting a path through the woods in my backyard, and I found uh, I found some roses. I think oh, they're nice. they're like eight or seven or eight feet tall, and they're just straight up, and they don't have any flower. At least I couldn't get high enough to tell if they have any buds on them. How do I know if they really are roses? What kind they are, and what do I do about them? Was it climbing on something, or was it oh, just a bush? Well, one of them was through a chain-link fence that I've got to repair. The other one was just uh, sticking out of the ground nearby. Hmm. So, but they're different. They're not the same. Yeah. So it does sound like one may be kind of a climbing one, the one going through the fence. So one of the fun things, aside from being able to you know, take the photo to a local nursery or to a pike nursery and say, once it blooms, you know, like, hey, does anybody have any idea? There are hundreds, if not thousands of varieties of roses. So okay. you could beat your head against the wall just trying to figure out what it is. So here in Atlanta, we're lucky enough to have the Greater Atlanta Rose Society. And that's a group of folks who are passionate about roses, passionate about, you know, just preserving everything native here in the Georgia area. And they have rosarians. Did I say that right, Walter? Rosarians. Rosarian. Yeah, yeah, right. Rosarians. That will identify roses for you. Pretty cool. So um, online, their website is atlantarose.org. And for a lot of plants, I mean, there's the Adelia Society, there's Hosta. Hosta, yeah, Hydrangea Society. Yeah, yeah. there's so many groups like this that you could just, you know, on Google, look up the plant that you're trying to identify and see if there's, you know, put the word society after it and see if there's something. But AtlantaRose.org, and I bet you once those start blooming, if you're, you know, not far from Metro Atlanta, they could come out and take a look and maybe y'all could identify it together. It'd be nice to know what you have. So it has to bloom before we can tell what it is. More than likely, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, okay. that'll that'll tell a lot. What about generically take caring taking care of roses? Is there anything that I can I mean, they've been living by themselves for quite some time. Yeah, it sounds like if you were cutting a path <laughs> through the woods, they're kinda happy doing their thing. But now that you've discovered them and you want to nurture them a little bit, I mean I'd make sure they're getting enough sunlight. You know, if the wood wooded area is a little dense, you know, they may not be getting the sunlight that they would like and make sure there's not piles of leaves and lawn debris and all this kind of stuff or, you know, uh, dead limbs from something else nearby that are kinda hampering their growth or suffocating them a little bit. And honestly, I would, you know, cut them back a little bit, um, just prune neatly here and there, uh, make sure the one up against the fence, you know, has enough room to kind of move. But I would let them kind of, now that you've discovered them, maybe let them bloom this spring and kind of see how they, how vigorous they are. And then you'll kind of know how much babying they need. And then that would be the time when you fertilize them too. wait till they bloom and then really start doing a good fertil- uh, fertilization regimen with them. You know, about a half an hour we were half an hour ago, we were talking about new wood and old wood. Yeah. If, if this is a climbing rose, Peggy, if we finally decide this is a climbing rose, they bloom on old wood, which means that the buds for flowers are on them now, and you would prune them after they bloom. So if okay. it's a climbing rose, you do it after they bloom. If it's a shrub rose, if it just turned out to be the one that's off to the side there, it's not the same as the climbing roses. That turned out to be sort of a shrubby thing. They are pruned before they bloom. Okay. But either way, I think Ashley's advice is spot on. You wait till it blooms, and then we'll figure out what to do with it once we know what it is. If it has those twirly things on it, that would just be a climbing rose. Is that right? The twirly things that attach to stuff higher up. Like and, tendrils, kind yeah. of? Yeah. That's like not tendrils. what a rose does. Roses don't have twirly things. Ooh. Uh-oh. We may be getting somewhere here. Okay. Maybe you don't have a rose. What is it? I don't know, but it's not a rose if it has twirly things What made you it. think it was a rose? Does it have thorns? Yeah. Oh. What could it be? Smilax? Ooh. You know, Smilax is a thorn and doesn't really have twirly things much. I, I would write that down. I would write down Smilax and then once it, once it blooms. How do you spell that? S-M-I-L-A-X. Smilax. And it's Wait. not really going to bloom pretty blooms necessarily like if you're waiting to see rose blooms i think you're going to be disappointed but that could be it and it's not it's, I mean, it's not terribly ugly is it a climbing thing mm, or yeah. is it a bush yep oh. and it has the tendrils like you're talking about it's a little thorny yeah all right yeah that could be so if it if it never blooms then that's your answer <laughs> okay thank you oh Peggy, it's great, great talking to you great mysteries good to solve mysteries and if, even if we don't solve them, it gets you a little bit further down the road of what you have it may not be a rose maybe something else or what could it be it would give you a little theory of what it is what i love about gardeners too listening to the show for as long as i have just how observant folks are yeah like you actually i mean i appreciate that you stop and look at the world around you i mean she just could have cut a path through the woods and called yeah, it a day but something. just kind of stopping and noticing you know smell the roses so to speak stop and smell the roses look at what's around you and just kind of get curious and like the it. thing that i think is also good about the show is that we observe too you and i observe too and i know that roses don't have the twirly thing so i knew well this is not a rose so what could it be <laughs> what other thing has thorns out there so we combine our knowledge with the caller's knowledge and eventually we get to something close to a good answer David is in Buckhead and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, David, good morning. Happy New Year. Thanks, sir. What Happy New Year to you. You what too. What do for you, David? I've got, I've got a covered porch with a planter, and a lot of the things that I've planted there, they do well when they begin, but they just wither because it's uh, 
doesn't actually get rainfall. It has to be hand-watered. Okay. And it doesn't get a lot of sun. But I want to have something nice because it's the entryway to my home. Oh, yeah. What would be a good plant there for the summer, for the winter, or is there anything that I could put there year-round that would just stay and grow? What about um, impatiens or even Boston fern? Everybody has Boston ferns at the entrance of their porch and front yard, but impatiens is a flowering plant that grows in shade and is a summer annual. What about impatiens? I, I tried that. Uh, the heat kind of uh, gets to that. I guess it's just because I probably didn't water enough. Yeah. In the summer, how often would you water impatiens? I mean, you stick your finger in that soil and kind of see when it's dried out. But it, does does the porch face east, or do you know? Yeah, I thought porch faces. Uh, does it get like early sun or late sun? Yeah. Okay. East does face east. Yeah, I mean that that's a little more of a challenge on some plants when it just gets that bright sunshine, you know, from like 10 a.m. to yeah. one or two. That that's a lot more on you trying to keep things alive and remembering to water. Um, I mean, kind of, I don't know, I would just use your use your finger, stick it in the dirt, but I try to be cognizant of, of watering things out front at least every, I don't go much longer than four or five days. I, I get scared if it's much longer than that. What about the saying, wake it up wet, put it to bed dry? What does that mean? I don't think I've like ever watering, heard that. Watering, I mean, watering in the morning. Water if you water at night, you'll grow a fungi or a, yeah, or a that's disease. Right. That's exactly right. Like uh, at, at golf courses, you, you'd water it green in the morning, but not never at night. Yeah, and that definitely holds maybe more true for lawn than for flowers. So, David, let us put you on hold right now. We've got a traffic red alert we need to deal with. There's a red alert right in our traffic center. This is a traffic red alert. From 95.5 WSB. 744 in the Cool Ray Carrier WSB 24-hour traffic center red alert again in the same crash. This long-lasting crash has been working for over two hours now. 85 northbound north of Cleveland Avenue, exit number 76. Multiple vehicles left the roadway, and the crews had cleared the crash, but they have now returned and blocking all lanes again to fish out multiple vehicles again that they left behind. So use I-75 northbound or Highway 29 as an alternate. Once again, red alert in effect. All lanes shut down I-85 northbound north of Cleveland Avenue, exit number 76. Take 75 northbound or Highway 29 as an alternate. I'm Mike Schultz, 95.5 WSB. And thank you, Mike. We do appreciate you taking us, take, making care of us during the summertime or during the traffic time during the morning here. That's what Ashley does all week long, posting things on Twitter and making sure that we know what is going on. David, back on the line here. David, we do have some other ideas for plants that might work there besides impatiens they haven't done well for you. What about the uh, wave petunias? They work well in the summertime. You were talking about the Boston ferns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the plant you normally see in a hanging basket. Right. Sure. And you're uh, saying to plant that in the ground? Or why is the reason you always see those in hanging baskets? They're not perennial plants. They freeze. Boston fern is a, is a uh, not cold tolerant okay. fern. So that's why it's yeah. just an annual plant. But anyway, we get to impatiens now. We get to begonias possibility. Um, wave petunias is a possibility. Let's see. Wave petunias are great. I mean, they last for a long, long time and they're low maintenance. You can get some that trail. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's yeah. kind of a nice thought. Yeah. There's a How about for the winter? Ooh. A winter uh, annual. Pansy. Pansies, snapdragons. Um, My pansies all died that I planted in the fall. 
Oh man, this they get dried out pretty quickly. Yeah, they Even do. Though they, they tolerate being somewhat dried out. If you dry them out or get it real cold at the same time, they don't much care for that. Okay, another thing maybe for the winter is um, hellebores, Lenten rose. You hear them called both names, hellebores or Lenten rose. If you're looking to plant something kind of like maybe edging a bed or up against you know, a concrete pad or something like that. Those are beautiful, and they're starting to bloom now, actually. And the blooms will last for another month, month and a half, but they stay green all year. It, it, it grows low to the ground and kind of stretches out, but that's actually a really interesting plant, but it does need shade, so. Not how good about, for a hanging basket. How about basket. something that climbs a pole? Because there's, uh, there's a posts on this porch. Again, I can think of clematis, and clematis would be something you could put in a pot, a pretty large pot for a clematis to climb up there. Some annual vines, maybe like a mandevilla. mandevilla or a cardinal vine or something like that. Ooh, cardinal vine's cool. Yeah. David, here's, a, here's an idea for you. When you sort of have an idea of which, what you want, and if you have a couple of pictures in front of your house, take them to the pike over there behind Lindbergh uh, Marta Station and ask yeah. them on some morning when they're not really busy, so ask them if they have some more ideas. They probably have more ideas than I and Ashley will have right now. Well, I appreciate uh, your input, and I'll try a few of those and do a little research. Thank you very much. Good deal, David. Drive safely, my friend. It's 748. We'll be back after this. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy Walter Reeves' Lawn and Garden and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News Team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Walter. No, there ain't nothing that I gotta prove. You think your words will make me black and blue, but I, I think I'm pretty with these old boots on. Walter Reeves, Ashley Frasca here with you on Lawn and Garden. It is still 55 degrees on Peachtree Street. Checking the uh, the weekend forecast brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today clearing and windy, thank goodness. Still maybe a lingering 40% chance of showers, a high of 57, low of 35. Tomorrow, totally sunny, no chance of rain in the forecast. Highs only reaching the low 50s and lows around 32. So that tips some of you off maybe in the north Georgia counties that that may be a freeze. You may want to think about that Sunday night going in to Monday morning. Your complete weather update from Channel 2 Action News. Meteorologist Brad Nitz here in less than 10 minutes on WSB. And you probably noticed, I think, in the last uh, couple of months, really, that Ashley and I have been playing with the format of the show, and we have some more ideas we want to toss out to you, and we'll be talking about that at the beginning of the 8 o'clock hour, about 10, 15 minutes from now. So stay tuned. We've got a bunch of new, interesting things to talk about then. Hang with us if you can, for you sure. Bet. Helen is in Decatur and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Helen, good morning. Good morning, Walter. I need help with pruning my abelias. Yeah. You know, none of them bloomed very well last year. Mm -hmm. And I think that, and especially a glossy, an old glossy abelia that I have down towards the street is about five feet tall and probably three feet wide, full of stems. Good. And, um, and I'm just not sure how to, you know, reinvigorate it or if I should just pull the thing out. Um, the other abelias are the smaller plants. Um, they're smaller, shorter, the newer varieties, and they're bushier. And I am just yeah. just don't know how to prune them well to get some good blooms this summer. Well, and you're thinking along the right lines because pruning invigorates growth and will make the plant happy for sure. So what you probably want to do, you know, thinking that now would be the best time to prune in the wintertime before all the spring growth starts, 
Okay. So it's really going to give it a fresh start, having it pruned now, and then just letting it go crazy in the spring. So <laughs> the best months now would be January, February ish, because you're not going to damage any, you know, blooms that are already set or anything like that. So now would be a great time to do some major but how, maintenance. But, but but how would I prune the the, the glossier bill? Do you go actually in and take the stalks out from yeah. the center or? Okay. I know what you mean. You have lots of big arching stalks that come right. out of the big old those glossy abelias is one of the shrubs that your grandmother grew, and they're lining the street in Avondale Estates. I know that I've driven down Avondale Estates. They're what eight, ten feet tall, ten wow. feet wide. Sure. There, they're sure. enormous shrubs. And like you say, there are other varieties that have been introduced in the last five or six years that are much smaller. The kaleidoscope and uh, Cedar Canyon. Cedar Canyon is the other one. The Canyon are, Ranch yeah, is a pretty one. Yeah, they're pretty as well. So all these are well, much smaller. Well, now, will the Glossia Billia do okay if you leave it at about four to five feet? I mean, or does it really need, you know, because at the spot that it's in, you know, an eight, ten-foot bush yeah. would be way too big. It, it so, wants to be eight or ten feet high. Mm-hmm. It wants where it wants okay. to be. So pruning is going to be necessary every couple of years. Okay. Okay. But go ahead and do it now to, yep. mm-hmm. to all yep. of them. You got it. Okay. All right. Thanks so much. It's great talking to you, Helen. Thanks for calling. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Our phone number is 404-872-0750. Abelia is one of those plants that we do have a lot of research. I think Carol Robacher was the one who did all the research in Griffin and at the University of Georgia. She crossbred and crossbred and crossbred and got all the abelias straightened out. And uh, that's where we get some of these smaller, more compact abelias. And kaleidoscope. I think that's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I have an ongoing note on my iPhone <laughs> from the years of doing the show with you. Yeah. Over the years, things people call about, and I'm like, oh, I want that. Oh, I want that, too. That sounds pretty. Kaleidoscope abelia has always been on my list of something I want in my landscape, and I am ready to find a place go for it. Go get one. Yeah. yeah, go get one. They're really nice. They're the Kaleidoscope refers to the color of the leaves, mm-hmm. and sort of red, yellow, Like orange, a croton-ish. Yeah. yeah. And then bit. with the white flowers. My gosh, it's gorgeous. But again, they're just one of the more compact kinds, and so they fit in more places. And You call it glossy abelia. I call it old-fashioned abelia. But the big ones there in Avondale Estates are just remarkable. And the good thing is they're great for pollinators, too. Oh, see? Boy, bees, That's pollinators, love win, them. Win. You can walk past one in your landscape. You hear them in there. <laughs> Busy place. Yeah, they will not come attack you or anything like that. They are ready to go. They're ready to get that nectar out of there. It's 7.57 at News Talk WSB. 7.57 at 95.5 WSB. We'll be back after news.